2: Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
3: You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
2: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports
4: Radio.
3: It's hour two on the program on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll talk to Eli Manning. He'll stop by. Mike Breen, the voice of the NBA. He was on the call last night. The Spurs were in the garden against the Knicks. Wemby didn't have a great night last night as uh, the Spurs got roughed up. And here is Victor Wambayama on his performance. What's it
5: like being in this
6: building, shooting on the
1: sport so far? Yeah, pretty incredible. You know, It's not as big as I expected, but still the vibe is here. What are
6: your expectations
1: for tonight? <laughs> a tough game, you know, physical physical, and uh, yeah, you know, passionate fans. Yeah, so he
3: wasn't too impressed with the garden. And then social media is like, well, he's dissing the garden I think it was just saying, hey, you, you see something on TV and then you see it in person. And oftentimes it's a lot different. I mentioned that with the Boston Garden, mentioned that with Fenway. Like there's certain places that Notre Dame, uh, their stadium where you go, Oh, okay. This is it. But, uh, the garden last night and the Knicks, they, uh, roughed up the San Antonio Spurs. We say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. That's our streaming partner. What, Todd?
4: We're thinking that they should leave the guy alone. It's only his first game at the Garden, oh, he'll have other opportunities oh no. to do well against the Knicks on their I board. see.
3: Being French, leave the Lieve guy, alone. Yeah. the guy. You like that a little bit.
1: <laughs> you got a smirk, you got a little giggle there.
3: Will Chamberlain. Thank you, Todd.
1: Loosen up, have some fun, dude.
3: <laughs> Dan's deals are back for the holidays. Black Friday before Black Friday and we're able to partner with new brands and all the deals 50, 60 off or more. If you missed out on Mother's Day's deal, then uh, you'll be able to take care of these. Sign up, Dan Patrick uh, Show newsletter, available every day at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, and you'll have first access to all the savings here. Great, great gifts. Uh, Sign up at danpatrick.com. Just put your email address in the box that slides out, and you are good to go. Big Ten basketball underway, streaming on Peacock. Coming up Friday, the Wisconsin Badgers. They'll take on the Tennessee Volunteers. You can catch all the action November 10th at 9 Eastern exclusively on Peacock. We have football tonight, or at least a reasonable facsimile. It's the Panthers and the Bears at Soldier Field. And guess who hasn't won a game at Soldier Field? The Panthers are 0-5 all-time at Soldier Field. I thought the answer was going to be the Bears. One of two NFL teams who have never won at Soldier Field since the Bears started playing there in 1971. Would anybody like to guess the other franchise? The franchise is 0 and 4 at Soldier Field against the pesky Bears. Marvin, let's say the Rams. No, Todd, Atlanta. No, Paul, the Jets. No, Seaton, Houston, the Cleveland Browns. Aww. Cleveland Browns 0 and 4. Panthers are getting three or three and a half uh, entertainment purposes only. The uh, gambling podcast later today, it's Shay in Irving. Also, Bad Larry, Dylan, the the graphics guy. Dylan will have his parlay coming up a little bit later on this morning. He'll join us as well. Phone calls, always welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Poll question, Seton, what are we going with in hour two on this program?
0: Well, Dan, why don't I update you with our ones? Okay. I don't really know that we ever got around to it. Okay, I don't think we did. I we were so, so busy. So busy. Yeah. So busy. So busy. Um, cheating in sports. <laughs> black and white or some gray area? Well, there's levels
3: of cheating. So maybe it's not necessarily black
0: and white or blurred, but there are levels. So that might be gray area? Gray, yeah. So you might be a gray area or yeah that's a uh, 75 of the audience say well there's some gray area yes not yeah. all cheating is created equal in sports yes because there
3: are certain things that you could do like the astros that's different than maybe what michigan is doing right now you're still how do you get those signals how did you uh you know are you doing something electronically and then you have the michigan situation we're still waiting to see if there's any ruling today by the big 10 it could happen as early as today
0: yes he- i almost feel like there's some uh similarities between the level of cheating that the astros and michigan did michigan didn't just like ah we figured out their signals they sent a guy in in like a costume out to blend in like he was a secret agent to steal sideline like steal signals from their own sideline he was like eavesdropping on people that's way different than uh like the Rutgers coach calling somebody and being like hey I think when they do a fist that means they're running okay but you're still sharing information yeah but I think I think what like what the Astros did was a far and, above and beyond worse than what uh, other people did when they were stealing signals just like Michigan is if they did what they're accused of, is above and beyond what other people do. Okay, what's worse, what the Astros did or what Michigan is
3: accused of doing? I don't know that they're different. Okay. but well, So there's not one that's worse than the other? I don't know that there is, no. Well, I would say the Astros, because they won a World Series because of it. Yeah. At least one because of that. And Michigan's doing pretty well this They year. are doing very well. Well, they've done very well the last few years. Yeah, I wonder why. I still go back to, if they're guilty... Even if they get Harbaugh for two games and find the Michigan $10,000. So you are admitting that you cheated. And if you cheated, are they taking away victories at any point? And it feels like all of this is going to be legally moved to the offseason. But I wonder if they backtrack and say, look, we're going to take away a Big Ten championship or we're going to take away Bowl win or whatever it might be. It feels like when were you cheating? How long were you cheating? All right. Uh, so poll question for hour two, Seaton. do we have a new poll question?
0: Paul just sent in one. Uh, I prefer older historical stadiums that are low on amenities or mm. new stadiums, more food, more drinks, bells and whistles. <laughs> people are split on that.
7: People want their, a lot of people want their stadium new and fresh with a dome or with a, a bar and suites. Hmm. Some people, like the old, like the Packers fans, keep it as much as you can how it is. Well, you want charm, but you want comfort. Like SoFi Stadium in L.A., that is as slick as it gets. Yes. They have comfort. Yeah.
0: Maybe not charm. Audio, video, places to hang. Seton? I think ultimately, I haven't been to SoFi, but it looks awesome. Uh, I would compare it probably to... Uh, where the Cowboys play. I mean, that's about that's about as shiny and sleek as you could possibly get. Okay. Um, I think that people ultimately want a hybrid of the two. They want the old, charming stadiums, but just make it easier to get a beer and go to the bathroom. And as long as you can make it easier for me to go get some food and go to the bathroom quicker, then this is great. Just upgrade those areas. Don't worry about the rest of the stuff. Leave the charm. Oh, put in a big scoreboard. Put in a big <laughs> video monitor so I could check the replays. But other than that, leave it exactly the same. I remember when I went to Wrigley and there's no Jumbotron, but
3: you're you're so conditioned to go, oh, let me look at the replay. Wait, Notre Dame, no Jumbotron. It's you're- awesome. You're like, sta-
0: <laughs> we're standing on the sideline. We were watching the game yes. from the field and had no idea what was going on at any point in the game. It would be like, I don't know what happened over there. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was a drop pass. I don't know.
7: No idea what was happening. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Remember the first time we went to Cowboys Stadium? We were, I think, I agree. We're all in agreement, as they say. We are like, this is, this is too much. The Jumbotron actually distracted you from looking down the field. I hated field. it. I, I hated it. You f- you had to force yourself to look down at the field to the live action and ignore the overly-sized TV. When
3: you got out of that stadium, you're like, God, I need a massage for my neck because you're always looking. Up. Everybody would do that. You watch the play, and then you look up. The whole game, you're doing that. Every play. All right. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Uh, we say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. Panthers at the Bears coming up tonight. Uh, the Angels have a new manager, Ron Washington. He uh, had a couple opportunities to win a World Series with Texas. I'm curious, do you run this by Shohei Otani? Does this matter? If you're Shohei Otani, are you more likely to stay because of Ron Washington? Are you more likely to leave did they run it by him? Hey, we're going to bring in Ron, Ron Washington. Now Otani might go. I don't have any opinion on this, but I'm curious. If you're the Angels, everything you do, do you have to do it with Otani in mind? I don't know if it matters to him. It's been quiet though. We haven't heard much. Now every, it feels like all of these cities, you know, the the local papers are like uh, Cubs chance for Otani question mark. Dodgers, of course, the Yankees, of course. I mean, they're probably the Red Sox, the Giants. Everybody has to have a, hey, uh, is there a chance? There's
7: a chance. Yeah, Pauline. So these these owners and GM meetings are going on, so their GMs are available to the media and they can talk. Chris Young's the GM of the Rangers. His quote was, when he's asked about Otani and his team's interest, he's a special player. (laughs) And the headline is, Rangers looking at Otani, kicking the tires. Here's what Brian Cashman of the Yankees said. We're interested in looking at everything that's available to us. And then the headline is Yankees taking good look at Otani <laughs> in the offseason when he gave them no indication. Yeah.
3: Well, that's not selling newspapers. Right. You know, what are you going to do for the local talk shows? You got to have something here. Stretch the truth. Media do that. Sunday night, it's Sauce Gardner and the Jets taking on Devontae Adams and the Raiders. That'll be at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Mmm, Yeah.
7: Better than the Bears, Carolina.
3: Are the Jets favored in Las Vegas? Are they favored
7: by one and a half? Yeah, Paulie. I got it down to a half point. The Jets are favored at the Raiders. They're given a half a point as of now. How's that possible? Over under 36 and a half. How's that possible? Wait, these are the Raiders.
3: They're smoking cigars. They're happy. Josh McDaniels is gone. The old Raiders, they're playing
7: for Antonio Pierce. Yes, Paul. Aiden O'Connell versus a supposedly good Jets defense? Okay. Maybe, maybe that could be the reason they don't like the Raiders. Okay. Young quarterback. But you're, yeah, but the Jets got Zach Wilson. Yeah.
3: Who would you rather have?
7: <laughs> no one's doing that, Paul.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in Las Vegas or uh, with the Jets.
7: It, this is the biggest NFL line I think I've seen, maybe in two or three years. The Cowboys at home... Is that 16 and a half? It's up to 17. Wow. It usually doesn't go more than 14 in the NFL.
3: By the way, Iowa football, Iowa against Rutgers, guess what the over-under is? Iowa has... They have set records here, with the over-under being the lowest in college football history. Record-setting offense? Yes. Yes. they're, They're setting records. Not good ones. 28 and a half. The previous... Lowest over-under, I think, was 30-and-a-half. And Dylan, our graphics guy, has been banging the under with uh, Iowa football the entire season. By the way, over-unders this year, take the under. That's Let me see. I think I might have some numbers on uh, over-under this year. Let me see if I can find that. Paulie, you have something?
7: Uh, here's Iowa football is a bad punt return call away from being 8-and-1, by the way, and probably being ranked oh, yeah. 15th in the country. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had something. Oh, here it is. Here it is.
3: NFL over unders. Eighty three fifty two and one. So sixty one and a half percent through the first nine weeks. If you bet the under on every game, you'd be eighty three fifty one. Eighty three fifty two and one. Wow. And uh, that's sixty one and a half percent. That's the best mark through nine weeks since nineteen ninety one.
1: Stat of the day. 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 Stat of the day.
3: Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Brought to you by Panini America. Michigan giving four or four and a half to Penn State.
7: I've got both up there. You can find them both ways. Okay. I would like to get. Well, I'll save it. Okay. Oh. You know how we do most must-win game of the weekend? Wait, you're already doing it? Yeah, I'd like to get in early if I can. Wow, we usually do it tomorrow. Should I save it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's the most must-win game of the weekend. So I will not tell you that Michigan is the most <laughs> must-win game of the weekend. <laughs> they cannot lose to Penn State after all this mess. Yes, Todd.
4: I heard Penn State's getting four and a half in binoculars to keep an eye on what's going on on the other side of it. The- <laughs> Thank
5: you,
3: Todd. Uh, Morgan in Maryland. Hi, Morgan. What's on your mind today? Uh,
1: hey, Dan. Good morning. So, I was wondering, since all the stuff that's going on with Jim Harbaugh, do you think that, you know, people are kind of looking now at John Harbaugh and painting him in a negative light because of the situation that's going on with his brother? Because, in my opinion, very biased, but I think that John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL.
3: Oh, I don't think it taints, you know, John Harbaugh. I I don't think it guilt by association, but thank you, Morgan. uh, Fair question, but, I mean, it... John hasn't been accused of anything, at least that I know of, but, yeah. Jim, I, you know, I just, once again, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to at least hear or see written transcripts of what the conversation must be like if the Big Ten, when they went to campus, the NCAA went to campus, did they interview Jim Harbaugh? Do you have to talk? The assistant coaches, Connor Stallions? Like what kind of investigation do you have? Like I go to the bookstore and I bought a sweatshirt or something? Yes, Marv.
4: Jim and John Harbaugh, they seem like when you were in school, like, oh, is Jim Harbaugh here? Uh present. Are you related to John Harbaugh? <laughs> oh. It's one of those like no no no. Like Jim we're we're nothing alike. Everybody has that brother where it's like or sibling where yeah. it's like, oh, you're related to them? Like, yeah, yeah, but no, 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 wait, we just live in the same house. We're nothing alike.
7: Yes, Paul. I'm, now I'm curious about this. You have brothers. I don't have a brother. If you were John Harbaugh and you do your weekly text uh, uh, call with your brother and you're just checking, how's it going? How's the team? Do you ask your brother what went on or do you say, I have no interest in finding out what my brother and Michigan football were doing? If I don't, you were John Harbaugh.
3: I'm not asking. I'm letting Jim tell. So
7: you're just there for him?
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the less you know, the better. Right. Be like, you know, I mean, I would ask John Harbaugh if John Harbaugh joined us. I'd say, "When's the last time you talked to your brother?" And then I would say, "What did you talk about?" <laughs> 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 I don't know if the conversation goes much further than that. But those would be questions that I would ask
4: Yes, Todd? If I'm John Harbaugh, I'm not doing anything unless your brother initiates the conversation, wants to talk about it. I'm just going to say, "You're doing okay with all this stuff," and just kind of if, if if even that. To bring up the topic at all, I would just say, just want to make sure you're doing okay with all this stuff going on, and then it would be for Jim to decide whether he wants to talk about it in detail with his brother.
3: Thank you, Tom. Welcome, yeah. Tim in California. And then we'll take a break. Mike Breen, who was on the call with the Knicks and the Spurs last night on the mothership. Hey, Tim, what's on your mind?
6: Good morning, Dan Patrick and Danette. I have the perfect punishment for Jim Harbaugh. You ready? ready for this? Yes. <laughs> have a Zoom call with Mel Tucker.
3: Thank you, Tim. I thought we had a call screener in there. (laughs) Slipped by the goalie there. Uh, Let's take a break. Mike Breen will join us coming up next and uh, more of your phone calls right after this.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Carmen, I'm Dan and We have a brand-new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
3: If you're with us next hour, Eli Manning will stop by. Get to more of your phone calls, Eight seven seven three 3 dp show Email address, dp at Twitter handle at dpshow. Mentioned uh, Victor Wembayama made his garden debut last night and uh, it was kind of uh, rough sailing there for the rookie. Mike Breen was on the call for the mothership and uh, NBA play-by-play commentator. uh, Friday night, he'll have, uh, well, we start that in-season tournament. Mike will be on the call, Doc Rivers and Doris Burke, Lisa Salters, and uh, Mike joins us now. Mike, thanks for joining us. What were your expectations for Wimbayama last night?
6: Well, first of all, I'm so impressed how his name just rolls off your tongue so easily, because so I, 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 it didn't work for me. Uh, it, like uh, For some reason, that name, I have to concentrate to say it, and you say it so beautifully. It was like when, when Giannis came in. It took me about a half a season before <laughs> I felt comfortable saying a and then finally I got it. And last night, I'm, I'm saying almost like Wembonyama. Because because it just doesn't i think I, I said it wrong a few times too, so i I'm, I'm very impressed there
3: but do you ask the player how often would you ask a player how to pronounce his name
6: um f- fairly frequently, uh, not like that one because that one you know it, it, it's clear how you say it, it's just a matter of saying it correctly, <laughs> um, but there are a number of them that you have to um for example and remember Anderson Berejal yeah. Yeah, played for the Cavaliers. Good player. Very good player. Yeah. Um, he changed the pronunciation of his name three different times during the course of his career. <laughs> so first year I said it one way. And then the next year I asked him and not. It's different. I said, is that the way you told me last year? Because no, no, no. This is really the right way. He was a lovely guy, but he changed it. Um, so I do ask them frequently.
3: But he he's not good enough to change the pronunciation of his name three times in his career.
6: No, probably not. But, you know, sometimes it gets caught up in the, the American way to pronounce it. And there's still some people that say Dirk Nowitzki as opposed to Dirk Nowitzki. Um, it's also confusing. These are the hardships of my job.
3: But you know what? We waited until we realized Giannis was going to be really good because we would just call him the Greek freak. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, he's going to be around a while. He's really good. we got to learn how to say dentecumpo.
6: Exactly, and I, I think I'm going to go with Wemby uh, oh. next time I, I do a game. <laughs> all right, so what were your expectations? Um, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning, and this has only happened, you know, a number of times all these years where you just can't wait to see somebody in person. As, as you know, watching a player, and I think in some ways basketball, perhaps more than other sports, watching a player on TV and then finally seeing them live. two completely different experiences and because of his unique build his size his length i couldn't wait to see him and you know i obviously have high expectations what you see he can do at his size is you really feel this one has a chance to be one of the all-time special ones um and when you see him in person you're, you're blown away by the size the skill but he you know i just I happened to be there for the wrong game. It was probably his worst game. Um, credit to the Knicks for part of it. Um, but that's what we're going to see from him. We're going to see brilliance one night, like the 38 in Phoenix, and we're going to see a one-for-nine start at Madison Square Garden where they just completely smothered him, and I think he was a little overwhelmed by the moment, which is okay for a 19-year-old. I mentioned this yesterday,
3: because here you have Chet Holmgren out on the perimeter with a handle. you got Victor one by Yama. What happens first if either in our lifetime that we change the dimension of the court, or do we raise the basket, or neither?
6: I, I don't think I really don't think you have to do uh, either one. I, I I I understand the question and I, I understand the sentiment, but uh, n- nobody's completely mastered the game that much yet. I mean, there are some you know all-time great players or once-in-a-generation once player. But the game is still difficult, and even for, for somebody like Mbunyama, even for Giannis, even for Jokic, um, it's, still, it's still a challenge every night. And I don't see the need to, at, at least in my lifetime, I don't see the need to, to make any radical changes like that. Is Chet Holmgren a rookie? By definition, yes. By experience, no. And it's interesting um, that you brought him up, Dan, is because you can just see the difference from somebody who's been around for a year, who's been in the NBA, quote-unquote, factory for the year, who's been to every arena, who's traveled, who understands, you know, road games, who understands back-to-back games, who understands the the long grind of how it is. Even if he didn't play a single game, it doesn't matter. He, He experienced it. So that puts him ahead of anybody who's considered a rookie. Um, But by definition, he didn't play a single game, so he is a rookie.
3: Mike Breen will be on the call Friday night, Lakers at the Suns. That's the the in-season tournament. Help me get excited about this, Mike, because I'm not excited about an in-season tournament.
6: Are you easily excited?
3: Whoa. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? When you say Wembayama, that gets me excited.
6: <laughs> well, no, when I say it correctly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um I I I root for positive things with the NBA. Um uh, so yeah, I'd I'd like to be interested okay. in this. I'm just trying to figure out how interested.
6: Okay. First off, plain and simple. The goal is to make a bunch of regular season games. Just feel more meaningful and bring about more competitive spirit, and I think there's no question that's going to happen. Um, so much though depends on how about, are the players going to buy in. Like, are these games really going to mean more to them? Because you'll be able to tell the difference if it does. Okay. Um, I go back to the to the play-in tournament when they first announced the play-in tournament. I'm like, what are we doing? We've got enough people in the playoffs. We I love the play-in tournament because it matters. It matters down the last couple of weeks of the regular season, and it matters in those play-in games. Those play-in games, the intensity and the competitiveness are as good as any playoff game. It's, it's wonderful. So I'm thinking, okay, my, I'm going to change, and I'm going to really come around to this, because I do believe if you get to your, your fourth in-season tournament game and you have a chance to clinch and go to Vegas and play in that knockout round in the quarterfinals, you're going to see high intensity. I, I believe that. And I, I kind of got that feeling even from the first one I did last week with Dallas and Denver. Um, I just think that once they have the chance to, to qualify for it, once they have a chance to go to Vegas and then they're thinking, okay, half million dollars, is not a bad uh, thing to get for it. I think we are going to see an increase in competitive nature. And I think there's going to be a better interest. I, I think they're, I, plain and simple, they're going to be more meaningful than if it was just another regular season game.
3: How long before we have an NBA team in Vegas?
6: I think very soon. Um, I, it might even be just by the way everything goes um, with this, in terms of you know excitement and crowd, and et cetera, et cetera. I think um, I think that might might seal the deal. I, I know it's one of the places they're looking, although you know places like Seattle so deserve to to get an NBA team back. I just don't know, you know how soon it's going to be. Um, you know We keep hearing they're talking about expansion, they're talking about expansion. I, I think it's still a, a several years off.
3: Yeah, I wonder if this is when LeBron retires and uh, one of the gifts he gets is to be part of a Vegas NBA team. Feels like he's headed in that direction.
6: Yeah, but again, it's years away because he'll play another ten years for sure. And,
3: <laughs> do and you they're... think he's officiated differently? I know that the Lakers complained to the home office, but do you think that they're he he doesn't get the preferential treatment? Maybe that he thinks he still deserves.
6: I, I think anybody his size and his strength uh, often it's it's not fair. I'm not saying it's preferential treatment, but I just think you know when you're an official and you're seeing two bodies collide and you're seeing contact when the contact is made against somebody like LeBron size or a shack or any of those big men, it just doesn't, it looks like marginal contact. Every call is made. Is it an illegal contact or marginal contact? When you're big and strong and there's contact, it always looks marginal for crying out loud. And I think all guys that size and that strength, it's something they, they kind of have to deal with again, not intentional, not preferential, it's just by the eye what the official sees and what, what uh, a lot of us see as well.
3: Best team you've seen so far is?
6: A tie between Boston and Denver. Uh, I know that's the obvious answer. Um, but the team that, that, that I uh, I haven't seen yet in person, and I, I said this last year, I, I think OKC mm. um, has a chance... One of these years, all of a sudden, they're going to win 58 games. I mean, a couple of years ago, would they win 24 or something along those lines? Um, they're on to something, something really... there.
3: They're on something yeah. there. Yeah,
6: they are. They've got a terrific young coach, and uh, they've got a, a, a superstar in Gilders-Alexander, and they've got a deep, hungry team. Uh, I really like them. I watched them the other night. I really like them a lot. Is Madison Square Garden
3: a great arena or just a historic place
6: no, I mean, clearly historic, but now, I mean, let's, let's face it. I've, I've lived in New York my whole life. I was a Nick Fenton, so I was a kid, so I might not be the most objective here. When it's a big event, when it's a big game, there's no atmosphere like it. There's some arenas that are louder. Loudest arena I've ever been in, in my life is the old Chicago Stadium. Uh, and there's some more louder. There's louder ones now. But in terms of, you know, the, the old cliche of the electricity in the building, there's no place like that. That for me, that's number one. Do you
3: remember your first game at the Garden?
6: First game I broadcast. Grown up, um,
3: first game you went as a fan.
6: Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I'm going to say, like twelve years old, eleven, twelve years old, and I actually, I actually had a really good seat because um, my uh, my little league coach took a bunch of us there, and I just I just was amazed at the size. You know, Again, talking about watching on TV, you couldn't believe the size of the players. And then the next time I went, I think I was in the second-to-last row at the top, and they looked so small. <laughs>
3: What's the best game you ever saw there, either as a fan or broadcast?
6: Wow. Uh, I'd have to say... You know, for me again as a Knicks fan, um, the game where, you know, Patrick Ewing uh won Game Seven of the Conference Finals to to get the Knicks back in the finals, um uh, and then jumped on the on the scoreboard and opened his arms like he was embracing the whole crowd. That was that was one I'll never forget. Um but you know the the Michael Jordan double nickel. Um you know what was some of the great a couple of those Lynn sanity games I've never heard the building so loud that was that was pretty cool too it's impossible to pick one why do you ask me questions like that
3: I don't why are you can Tanker, why are you grouchy just because you can't <laughs> pronounce wimbayama it's not my fault
6: <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say grouchy I'm just you know it's it's fairly early uh, you know I'm, I'm up late tonight I'm getting ready for a flight to Phoenix and and um oh, think clear boom to think clearly, it's just, I'm getting old. Don't you understand? You do understand. I know you understand. I know you do.
3: (laughs) Safe travels to Phoenix, Mike. Your rough life there, and I hope you survive (laughs) the Suns and the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dano. Thank you, buddy. That's Mike Breen, voice of the NBA for the Mothership and ABC. (sighs) He's been doing a long, long time and he did Knicks games for a long time and with uh, Clyde Frazier and then all of a sudden you're also doing the mothership and he he's the voice of the NBA finals yeah Paul.
7: I went back what Mike Breen said about that Patrick Ewing playing in Patrick the game 7 Ewing. Ewing gets a tip dunk and the place goes out of their minds and then he sends Reggie Miller's shot the next time down the floor and he puts his hands up out you know he's so big yeah. and he's waving to the crowd to get it up and they're they're on the floor they can't control themselves it's really wild video
3: uh, a couple of phone calls, and we'll take a break here. Uh, let me see. Tyler in South Dakota. Hi, Tyler. What's on your mind?
1: Hey, Dan. Uh, I I love all the Krabbenberg State uh, material that's coming out, and I think someone didn't notice that there was a feeder school in South Dakota. It's in Sturgis. The name of the high school is Brown, and their mascot is the Scoopers. So they have the Sturgis Brown Scoopers. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Tyler. We just got a plunger, the uh, Krappensburg State <laughs> plunger. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's like a rally plunger that uh, sure. somebody set in.
7: Break in case of emergency.
3: The the uh, baseball team. That's uh, the, the the plunger there. If you're watching on Peacock, there you see it. Crappensburg State baseball plunger. Uh, Luciano in New York. What what debate am I settling
1: today? Morning, Capo. How you doing? Good. Marvin, peace, King, what else, son? And to the good fellas, Todd, Seaton, Polly, what's it about? I'm not sure what it's about. Um, (laughs) 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 What's it about, brother? What's it about? (laughs) Who's who and what's what? I know what it's about. All right, Capo. listen, before I have you settle the debate, I'm I'm hoping that you would have Seaton put up a a poll question slash pun question that actually leans into the barbershop debate that you're about to solve right now. Okay. Okay, so... um, Bear with me on this. Marvin, can you please explain to the audience and the beautiful people on chat row when we say something like, yo, son is mad nice at basketball, what the word nice actually means?
4: Yes, son is, that guy is very good at playing basketball. Mm
1: -hmm. All right, thank you, King. So now that we have the colloquial definition out of the way, (laughs) uh, smell me on this. Considering that Capo, B.K.A. Dan Patrick, a.k.a. the Midwest White Chocolate, has been talking into a microphone at the highest of levels for the better half of his life, it does beg an organic question. Who is actually nicer around mics, Capo or Scotty Pippen? Dang. Did I go over your head, Capo? Uh well,
0: Scotty Pippen, uh, I feel like Mike's were nicer to Scotty Pippen.
1: <laughs> like Scotty
0: Pippens were right, nice to right. Mike's. Yeah. 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 I mean uh, that Mike did him pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that one hurt. Scotty don't seem to
3: appreciate it very yeah. much, but Yeah, that that that's gonna leave a mark. Yeah.
1: All right, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you
3: thank go. you, man. My best to the barbershop there. We might have to go to the barbershop one of these days. He's in Brooklyn, isn't he? Mark? He is. Yeah. So Fritzy, he'll be our tour guide.
4: Let's go. Get a couple slices of pizza and go hang out at the barbershop. Not at Sabaro, though.
3: Yeah. No, we get a, a real slice.
2: We'll get a real slice.
3: All right. Let me take a break. More of your phone calls coming up.
2: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments
3: Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
2: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos.
3: DraftKings has Victor Wambayama, the overwhelming favorite to be Rookie of the Year. Then it's Chad Holmgren. So it's just those two. It's a two-man race. Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, those are the uh, other top rookies, in case you care. Uh, Odds to win Defensive Player of the Year. Anybody want to take a guess with that one, Marvin?
4: Victor Wimbayama?
3: No. And I'm surprised that he's not the leading candidate. He's not even the second, third, or fourth candidate for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis? No. If you said Rudy Gobert, you would be correct. Oh, okay. Rudy and the Gobert's, then it's Evan Mobley, Jaron Jackson Jr., the third, Anthony Davis, and then Victor Wambayama. Yes, Paul?
7: Anthony Davis currently leading the league in blocks, 3.3 a game. Mm. And Rudy then,
0: Gobert got uh, posterized last night, too, so that's not helping his case. Yeah,
3: Yeah, but I still think the only way you get posterized is if you're trying to block a shot. Yeah, like a lot of guys just bow out. They get out of the way. Like, look out below. I'm I'm not going to go. Sean Bradley got dunked on more than anybody, but I don't know if anybody challenged more shots than Sean Bradley did. I, there'd be posters when I was growing up, or not growing up, but when I was a little bit older, and I'd see these posters. I go, oh, Zo, Alonzo uh, morning dunking on Sean Bradley, and that'd be like Dikembe dunking on, oh, Sean
0: Bradley. Yes, he. I think there's a difference between when you go up to block a dunk and you get quote-unquote posterized, but you stay on your feet versus when you get knocked back about 10 feet and you have to pick yourself up Mm. after that while Mm. a dude's standing over you getting a tech because he's flexed on you. Yeah. Mm, that's, that's it's not like, hey, at least I went up for it. Like, yes, Tom. No
4: one will ever say, though, looking at that moment or that post, is like, wow, look how he challenged that guy. It's, it's all, <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, snap.
0: <laughs> Only your parents say, like, hey, but you went up there yeah, and got it. No, you tried. That's good. good
4: for you. Hey, good for you. Yeah, participation trophy. You tried. Yes, Marvin. There's, like, a, a dunk. Sean Kemp dunked on Alton Lister, oh. and he dunked on him, and then he pointed at him as Alton Lister fell to the ground. Mm. And I was like, that is a true poster. Sean Kemp, like (laughs) under, underrated. I think as a player and as a posterizer. Right.
7: He probably led the league in dunks on people, Sean Kemp, because he went for those. I think they have stats on,
3: I guess, contested. dunks on people? Contested dunks. I think that they have that. Because that's what I always want to know. Like, how many dunks are you in, you know, that are contested? Like, they're in the, in the flow of the game, not just on a breakaway.
4: Yeah, Mark. And I think anybody that has a Defensive Player of the Year award as a big guy, somebody posterized them. Because like you said, they were always going for dunks. matumbo has got some. Alonzo Mourning's got some. Rudy Gobert's got some. They're going for it. So they probably win more than they lose. But the ones they lose, it's a big thing because you dunked on, you know, a premier defender.
3: Todd, can you make way for Dylan, the graphics guy? Uh, I sure can. We have the uh, Parlay Bet and the Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble podcast. That'll be uh, coming up later on at danpatrick.com. And we will play Guess That Punishment for Michigan. Uh, Dylan, the graphics guy, is here, and uh, he'll be with Shay and Irving and also uh, Bad Larry a little bit later on today. All right, Dill. Hi, hey, Dan. Hi, Dylan. By uh- the way... I, there has to be an intervention. I bought the hot dog machine. Mm. I, oh, boy. I go, I go in this morning, and it's not even at the start of the show, and they're making chili dogs, and Dylan is two chili dogs in, and we haven't started the show.
5: Well, oh, actually, two chili dogs and a snow cone. <laughs> is that why and your lips are blue right now? Is, my <laughs> lips are very blue. <laughs> your lips
0: are extremely blue, and I'm like, how many airheads did you just eat?
5: <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Only one airhead, but... <laughs>
3: These guys went to the bar yesterday afternoon and uh, Picture Day Ray was eating a snow cone earlier in the day and he had blue on his nose and no one ever told him that he had this blue stuff on his nose from the snow cone. He's ordering drinks, and the waitress is going...
5: Three hours.
3: (laughs) They didn't tell him that he had blue snow cone on his nose. If this was
0: my 13-year-old son, I would be wondering in my head, like, God, when do they grow out of that phase of having, like, blue lips and stuff? (laughs)
3: Apparently
5: not. It's exactly the same. Just add, like, six martinis yesterday. Yeah.
3: (laughs) And two chili dogs by 9 o'clock this morning. Good stuff.
5: I'm feeling good, Dan.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. Once again, the oldest twenty seven year old in America.
5: Uh, actually twenty eight now. Oh hey! I, beat, I beat the twenty seven club. Oh, I went did. I was taking the under. Well under. I was too.
0: That's a big moment getting past the twenty seven. Yes, club. it is. My parents are proud. Yeah. Okay. Your uh your bet this week, your
5: uh parlay. Yeah. Um you wanna do a quick recap of yeah, sure. last week? Yeah, so sure. it lost. Yeah. Um but yeah Seattle, Seattle money, money Seattle money line. line was a rough one. that was over before it started. Right. I
0: like that week by week. Social media is either hailing Dylan as a genius or an absolute idiot. There's no in between. It's like it's like, oh my
5: God, he called it again. i like, what are you doing? picture terrible
0: <laughs> okay, what do you have let us
3: let's restore some order here,
5: okay um I had, so I had Viking's money line that hit, and then Bucks lost a heartbreaker to the Texans so.
3: Okay, what do you have for me this week? Oh, this week. Yeah, yes. this week.
5: Um, so I got Saints minus two and a half against the Vikings. Okay. Chargers plus three against the Lions. I'm falling for it again, Dan, oh, the Chargers. Boy, oh, boy. They yeah. suckered me back in. Okay. And the Cardinals plus one and a half against the Falcons, with, I believe, Kyler Murray starting. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think so. Um, He's starting for his, against his uh, future team, the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Uh, oh, And are you taking Iowa with the under against Rutgers? Uh
5: yeah, 28, 28 and a half. The lower it goes, the more I like it. Like if yeah. it was, if they put the uh, over under at fourteen and a half, I would mash that. <laughs> <laughs> no questions asked, until proven wrong.
3: Yeah. This goes from last year. Dylan's all in on Iowa on the under,
5: man. I, I, it's the only tried and true
3: method I have, Dan. All right, more from Dylan coming up. Dan Patrick takes a gamble podcast. Dylan, our graphics guy. Bad Larry, Shea and Irving. Final hour on the way. More phone calls. We'll play Guess That Punishment from Michigan. And Eli Manning will join us as well. Fritzy, Seton, Marv, Paulie, the backroom guys. Yours truly. One more hour on this Thursday. Dan Patrick Show.
6: With your Amex card,
0: entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap
1: music to your ears.